Hey Tribe, Now Alchemy is a global pioneer of Ormus Gold and all natural absorption enhancement technologies. Archer Love founded Now Alchemy out of the passion to bring forth health products that you can truly trust. Today, Now Alchemy is the leading in the world's youth regenerating, anxiety relieving, conscious expanding remedies for everything the body needs. Some of the things I love most about Now Alchemy is not only do they utilize the abundant principles in sourcing from only the highest quality and most ethically farmed ingredients on the planet, but Archer Love makes these elixirs himself, infusing crystals and esophageal frequencies into each batch to raise their vibration in his sacred laboratory while keeping costs low and affordable. I have personally benefited so much from their Ormus and all of the elixirs that I love are the mushroom elixirs for the brain power and the shilaji elixir for focus and stamina. I use it all the time and I love it. I stand behind the integrity of Now Alchemy wholeheartedly and highly recommend all of their elixirs. Use discount code SHAMAN for 11% off your purchase. I love Ayurveda tribe, and that is why I love Ayurveda. Ayurveda offers complete Ayurvedic supplements which support mood, digestion, joint, immunity, and general health. My favorite one is the mood because I'm dealing with so much energy coming from everywhere, and it's always nice to keep my mood in the right place. In addition, Ayurveda also just launched their new essential oils which I'm super excited about. Yuvita's new roll-on essential oils are perfect for quick relief throughout your day. Available for mood, digestion, immunity, and joints, and pairs perfectly with your supplement kit, supporting ideal internal and external balance. Another reason I love Yuvita is that their mission revolves around paying their respect to Mother Nature. And through this, they have partnered with One Tree Planted a nonprofit organization dedicated to reforestation for every supplement kit sold. Uvita will be donating $1. $1 is all you need to plant one tree. Every supplement kit will plant one tree. How awesome is that? And how cool to be giving back. Use code SHAMAN gets you 35% off a one-time order, and an additional 5% off of a subscription order. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. I just called to say I love you, I just called 
to say how much I care. Yes, I do. I just called to say I love you. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Or the top, or the sides, or around, or in my quantum levels of my heart. I love you. I really love you. I love you. Thank you for leaving heaven, taking a biological spacesuit with me on Earth, and kicking this thing into high gear, powerful lit leaders. I mean, really, you came here from this place that we call heaven and chose your parents, geographical location, birth sign. Well, I don't know if that was in there, but it is because you chose it. Your parents, your geographical location, your birth sign, your choice of being male or female, and all the other beautiful attributes that you represent so that you could be here right now on planet Earth. That is so rad. If you are not aware of the word rad, you can look it up on Google. Rad. That is super rad. Why? Because we need you. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, and maybe you need to hear it a lot. So I'm going to say it to you so you can really hear it. We need you. Wait. I hear the angels applauding. Spirits are applauding. Amazing. I even see Einstein applauding. God, what are you doing there? Thought he would check in, I guess. The point I'm making is we need you. And that needs to be really clear to you on every level. Because when you get that type of clarity, that's when you're really going to understand that it doesn't matter what any mofo says to you at any given time and how whatever people say, it doesn't matter because you know, you know, you know that we need you. And if other people aren't saying that to you, I'm saying that to you. And I'm saying that to you with an understanding of the highest level of truth, of love, which is we need you. You are the only one who can do what you can do. Yay! And the crowd roars. I'm sure I'll add in better sound effects to that, but what I'll say is this. It's true. There's no one in the world, in the galaxy, in the universe, or anywhere who can do what you do and be you exactly as you are. Of course, when you're not compromising who you are to make other people happy or feel good or make them feel safe, because that's not what God asked you to do. God asked you to be exactly what you are and who you are, no matter what. Even if people have an issue with that, oh well, who cares? That's their issue, you know? And the thing is, if they have an issue, give them some tissue. An issue always requires a little bit of tissue. Because that way they can, you know, cry their eyes out and go through the whatever thing they have to go through for the fact that you exist and then move it along. Get along with it. Realize that that's just their triggers and they're upset about things. And they don't really know who you are anyway because they haven't taken the time to know who they are. Remember, people don't know who they are are the ones who are constantly going out about things. 
meaning they're not like staying in a place of love and truth. They always want to try to find something wrong with you because they're always finding something wrong with themselves. And if they don't know who you are, it's because they don't know themselves. And if they don't know how to be kind to you, it's because they're not kind to themselves. And if they don't respect your time, because they don't respect their own time. And if they don't respect the fact that you give energy to them and love them and support them, it's because they don't give energy to themselves and love and support themselves. And so if you think about it from that perspective, you realize that a great majority of people on planet Earth are projecting a great deal of their stuff that actually belongs to them and only them and it should only belong to them so help me God just take a little pause to just enjoy that reverent moment of that level of information ah so good so being you know in this understanding right being in this understanding is literally the skeleton key to all doors that lead to the greatest amazing experience you could ever imagine but you can't pass through it as someone else because see i didn't tell you that in order to get through the door of possibility or the door of success or the door of happiness or whatever door it is that you're trying to get through or attempting to go through you can't get through it unless you're yourself. You can't be a smidgen of anyone else. You can take things that, that emulate certain characteristics inside of you that make you more generous versus where you were when you weren't. But it has to be you and not anyone else. And so therefore, once you do, you can pass through, go through the door of possibility and the door of success and door of prosperity and door of harmony and door of grace and door of joy and all these doors waiting for you to walk through because you have learned what it takes to be able to be real and understand that certain things have to be a certain way and you're okay with that. And you just allow it to be because you're not wanting to change anyone or rearrange anything. You're simply saying, be as you want to be and I'll be as I want to be. And that's it. And we're good and we're loved. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's really cool to see that the evolutionary process of humanity stems from the consciousness that humans had at that time consciousness premates consciousness and therefore that consciousness then creates what we call frequency chambers that are inside of your body that most people don't know that are communicating to different organs and different tissue and depending upon how much distortional frequencies are held within those patterns this is what causes you to have all kinds of health issues or problems or stress or headaches or you can't sleep you have insomnia or you have skin disorders or you name it too much inflammation in the body and so as a shaman it is our responsibility to go in assess the situation, find out what is actually causing the situation. It could be a parasite. It could be a frequency energy that is off that's been running its course through your body on a program, which we would need to dismantle. It could be a multitude of things. It could be a spirit that's tormenting you in your mind and you've given it so much power through fear. You know, it could be a multiple of things. What we do have to consider though is which one is it? And what is the best plan of action to get you back to a place of homeostasis and happiness, joy, freedom, love, and celebration of being on this planet? The key element to anything in life is always about finding what 
actually triggers you and upsets you and pisses you the heck off where you want to punch someone's face, but you won't. Like, promise me you won't. You won't. Don't go do that. Promise me you won't. Just sit and be in that space. And you will see, like, there's this great exchange of energy that takes place because the moment you get out of this need to want to punch someone's face and get into the need of wanting to hug that person that you wanted to punch, that's when you get into true what we call transformation. True transformation is to edify other people even when they are causing us pain. To edify them. To open up the graces of heaven onto them. To say, I want the very best for you. I want life to be spectacular for you. I want you to have everything your heart desires and more. And that then what happens is, is it creates these frequencies that are so powerful and so dynamic that they can go into the very aspect of a human being and change the molecule of their body. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of scientists and doctors who will hear this and think, Shaman Dirk, you're absolutely mad and crazy and I don't believe anything you have to say. I don't care. You can shake my hand. Actually, don't shake my hand. Hug me in the way, way future when I'm in my 60s and 70s and you find in science that I'm telling the truth. Your body is made up of energy and energy and sound and frequency. And that means what? That means that consciousness, emotions, environment, food and all the elements in nature and what you see visually projected into your brain is all affecting your cells, your body, your blood, your bile, and every aspect of your being. Sorry, sorry, scientist. I know you haven't figured this out yet, and I'm sure some of you have, but there is something that's coming that's going to give you a key element point into what I'm saying. It was interesting, like I was just teaching in Costa Rica shamanism and I was talking about quantum physics and I was talking about the principles of quantum physics from the shamanic perspective. And I know it was like a couple guys talking to each other and I knew I was, I told the spirits, go ahead and tune in to what they're saying. And they were like, oh, this guy's like, this guy's full of it. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like this is ridiculous. Moving on. Anyway. So that person went and did ayahuasca, okay, and came up to me later and said to me, um, I was eating lunch, came up to me on the lunch and said, I'm really sorry. I thought these things about you and I thought that you were crazy and whatever. Um, I guess you have to see to see. So I guess the mother Aya had to open his eyes so he can see that I'm sharing with you advanced information that your brain may not interpret right now because the information you have available doesn't match up guess what? Those things will change. Just like when Thomas Edison or Benjamin Franklin spoke about the fact that there will be a glowing orb of light and energy and and we'll be able to see without candles and all this kind of stuff. People thought it was crazy, crazy. Lock him up in the loony bin, send him to the cuckoo nest. But guess what? There are light bulbs and there are energies and there are things that we didn't even perceive. So sometimes I may say things and people might be like, what? Don't what it. Just be like, oh, that's interesting. Or what fascinating information. Or I've never heard such a thing. I want to hear and take it in. It's a different perspective. Whatever it makes you feel safe and wonderful to be able to speak your truth, whatever it may be, just do it. Like, don't hold back. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Like the Nike commercial, just do it. It's a really good, really good slogan. Seriously, just do it. I mean, like, where can you go wrong with that? You can't. It's like unbelievable. 
So the thing is, or should I say believable, because unbelievable would mean unbelievable, and we have to be a wordsmith here. So I would say it's so believable to be able to have that exchange because what it does is it allows me to be able to support people in a different way. And it gives me an understanding of like, oh, I know why this person is feeling this way, or oh, I know why this person is doing this, because this is what they're thinking and feeling about themselves, and this has nothing to do with me. However, they're making it about me because they can hang their coat and their hat on my hooks of life, because I'm sending out a message that says, I want that to happen, so please have that happen, and therefore, they cue them up. Now, the point I'm making is is that if we get into a space where we begin to look at the world and not as the world itself, but as a holographic image of, of the projections of humanity placed into a bubble that is being held for the purpose of us believing in what we see instead of going outside of what we see, we then begin to step into what we call a higher frontier of thought. That means that we begin to navigate our thinking, our consciousness, as a living organism that is navigating itself through everything that is going on. That means that that energy is navigating the many possibilities that exist for something to exist on its many levels without really understanding that the key element here is being clear, having clarity. Clarity is everything. Clarity is everything. Clarity. Having clarity gives the spirit world and the universe a a, a functional way to support you. But if you're walking around all the time, I get like these, these like messages on my Instagram. They'll say things like, like, let's see, I'll read one to you. I won't tell you who it is because that's not nice, but I'll definitely read one to you. Shaman Durek, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand what my path is and my purpose is. And I was wondering if you had any insight for me. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing. The whole fact that you say you don't know and you don't know and you don't know and you don't know shows no clarity which means that the universe then has to follow suit that you don't know and you won't know and you'll never know until that's the way it goes. Now, why would someone want to waste a beautiful time typing me something and knowing that I'm going to read it to say that to me when knowing all I'm going to do is fire back and say, hey, you know what? This whole I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know is literally keeping you in what we call a state of limbo. Limbo, yes, limbo. Not like limbo, you know, where you're like um, going and trying to get underneath a stick, you know, but I'm talking like limbo where you're trapped in a dimension of your own creation playing itself out while you are being the person who's actually there as the warden keeping yourself there until you've shown that you could actually handle what you're dealing with. That's not fun and no one needs that. So let's get rid of that and move the F on to such an understanding of I don't need to be that person who needs to fight myself to see or understand or get it. What I can do is if I don't get it or understand it, I can be open to the space of I receive. Now that right there is a huge, huge mark in, the, in the, what I call the field of evolution. 
Why? Because the idea of receiving means that you're vulnerable enough to know that the pouring is being poured into you so that you may pour into others. The consciousness of that is literally recognizing yourself as this beautiful being who's able to flourish and take all that you gain from that and share it with others. So there is this beautiful symbiosis that takes place and that symbiosis then identifies with all levels of that connection. So if you are a charitable person, that symbiosis will then connect with other charities and things that you have been a part of or share things that you you don't know about. But the thing is is that we are at a point right now where we need to utilize our consciousness in a whole different way. And that comes from us being able to sit in, step in, and wake up to the beautiful energy that is showing up and saying, hey, here's how you move through these energies with a beautiful grace. Instead of like going through all of these challenges that most people like to go through. And that's not necessary, is it? I didn't think so. So now we get into understanding the the key reference, or should we say the gateway key that leads Earth to other dimensions, is literally, right, waiting on us to take notice that it already exists. Ooh. And then you're asking me, what already exists? And what I'm saying is, it exists the moment you think it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I know. Isn't that cool? You think against yourself, and that opens up the energy doorway. And you don't have to worry so much because everything is brought into a beautiful place. And then you're able to shift out of this old perspective and into this new perspective that is saying, hey, you know what? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done and how many times you've messed up, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to support you. I'm still going to help you. I'm still going to do any of these things because the message here for life is not about how much money you have in the bank or any of these things. The message key for life is basically talking about how do you stay in a in this space of protection, love, kindness, and generosity with all these things happening. And you don't have to worry about that. What you have to focus on is that you're a beautiful person and you're always at the right place at the right time. People love being around you and you're a special being and that's it. You don't need to go into anything else. And the reason why people would want you to go into other things is because they're wanting to entrap you and you don't need that. And so when people talk to you, you have to ask them. If they start bringing up your past, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I am a present future person. So if you want to talk about the beautiful things that I'm doing in life and you want to talk about the things that I'm creating and the ideas and the this and the that and blah, 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 then it would probably be best suited and advised that you do not on any level um, put yourself in a situation where you are looking to have this happen to you versus you stepping into a place of power and recognizing that you have everything you need inside of you right now, right now, to be in a position that allows you to love and to nurture and to bring great levels of height, of power and energy into the people. So everything you do becomes a part of that symbolic nature. The core energy of that 
is being able to see and understand yourself with more clarity than someone else would be able to. And that comes from taking time to meditate, get to know your energies, get to know your visions, get to know things that your colors and the way you want things to be and how you see them and how you perceive them. And all of these things are going to make a big, big difference when it comes to how you manifest. Because to manifest anything is to have clear intent. Clear intent is clear attention intent, right? Because I never say just intent without adding the attention because you can't have intent without intention. The consciousness or the energy that's blazed around it is the idea that it's going to lead to something great, which you're not really promised. It's just an idea. So the consciousness should always be, I'm always at the right place at the right time, meeting the most amazing, powerful people that are connecting with me on all social levels. And I'm very powerful and energy is always there. And I feel so loved and nurtured. And this creates that new energy that is necessary for you to move through any obstacle is when you speak, understand, and take into consideration the power of light and majesty that is there in every aspect of the family. It's in them. It's in them. And so if it wasn't, I would say sayonara. I can't do this because I have to be close to the family and I need to be able to have family time and that's not going to work for me if you're a person who doesn't want to have a family. So the key here is honesty, connection, right? Connection meaning connecting with someone. The power of that love and energy and that devotional care is so beautiful. You just don't, nothing really actually goes wrong because you actually are stepping into that space. So if you have obstacles showing up that are really causing you a lot of stress, you need to ask yourself, what is it inside that I'm not seeing about myself that I'm creating this in order to learn from someone and something? There's a physical evidence and truth about it instead of you just saying, okay, this is the situation and then they could draw all these conclusions and create all this stress, which is not even necessary. The core element here is less is more. Less is more. Less is more. That is the key element. It's not about accumulation to feel safe. Accumulation, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. No, it's not about that because the thing is, the more you accumulate, the more tethered you are. The more tethered you are, the more you become like a slave. And the more you enslave, those things just go worse and worse and worse. It's not supporting you. It's not lifting you. It's not shifting you. It's not making you feel powerful. It's not, making, it's not putting money in your pocket. It's not feeding your kids or yourself or whatever it is you want to do with it. It's not doing a thing other than just sitting there. And you have to ask yourself that reason why all of these things have manifested is because you have to understand that your family comes out of a very old school way of thinking. And so your new views and all of that is all very new. And so there's a part of you that knows it and there's a part that doesn't and is afraid that it's going to go somewhere. It's not going to be able to go where it wants to go. And it's not true because the consciousness of creation does not think in duality. That's a human construct. The human construct created duality and opposition and time and all these different things to create some form of balance and some form of the building blocks for the system. But that doesn't function in the heart space because to function in the heart space would be to recognize it doesn't matter where you want to be, where you want, let's just deal with this. Like, let's deal with it. And like really holding that space for, you know, everyone is a very powerful thing, I say, to do. So when we get into the understanding of how do we navigate this planet and light it up and be the most powerful lit leaders that we were born to be, we step into a space of, I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay with that 
and just be really clear about it and no going back on it. It's like, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I would much prefer this. And so you kind of get into that space as I'm not okay with that. I would much prefer this. I'm not okay with that. And I'd much prefer this. And therefore you start building a relationship with them. that They don't even realize that you're building because it's happening simultaneously. It's happening through the beings. It's happening through every aspect. Therefore it's creating this full expansion because they say when you create something and you, you resist it and you resist it and you resist it and you resist it. And now you have all this open energy and freedom and connection, which is so beautiful. Because you're willing to expand beyond your fears. You're willing to lean into your aversions. That means the things that cause you difficulty and distress. Lean into it. Get into it. And there you will create something beautiful and new. Because the worst thing you want to do is create someone who's coming in, who's matching some of those traits in you that you want to clear, that you're clearing. But then your clearance also is you being able to make that connection and that, and that, and that's really important and very powerful. So... When you get into that space of making true connection, you get into that space of really making something powerful, it's only as powerful as love is presented. So bring love into the energy, open up the sacred energies, move the energies to a place where we can create more, right? As a team, as a collective, as those riding the lit train. Because we are a powerful, funky bunch. And I don't mean funky like you haven't taken a shower. I mean like funky bunch, right? We are a powerful, funky bunch, And therefore, we have great power to bring change in this world. And all we need to do is either join up, create, share our ideas, and get to moving energies and really create an earth that's worth living and not just an earth that's just worth, you know, uh, visiting, but you have to keep yourself cloaked the whole entire time, which is not fun on any level to just chain yourself up because you're afraid that people won't love you and like you and appreciate you and understand you and get you and all that wonderful stuff. So I ask you to really step into that space of recognizing how powerful and amazing you are every single day. I don't care what you need to do. I don't care if you need to take a lipstick and write all over your walls from head to toe, all from everything on your wall that says, I'm powerful and I'm loving. I'm powerful. I'm loving. I'm powerful. I'm loving. I love how powerful and yummy I am on every level. And like really think about all those things that are coming up right now for you saying, hey, I would like for you to revisit this. Hey, I would like for you to revisit this. Hey, I would like you to revisit this. And that's really what you're doing. You're revisiting people who created things in the world that you're revisiting them because you love art. You love all that. So you're, revi- you're, revis- you're revisiting them with the understanding that that's not going to be the case. And so therefore, you have to create an energy that's more uh, aware of that stuff that happens to you and so that you can kind of get into that space of okay so what is it that i have to do and how is it going to function and all this kind of stuff and that creates the opening do you understand that creates the opening and that opening allows you to to really get into the deep parts of yourself so that you can love greater love more love free love joy love it on every level love it love every human being ever 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 loved it and this is how we step into recognizing love in all angles because like you know when you think about it the core element of the frequency is in fact holding this high level space of energy and so it's asking you you know, uh, where do you want to place that energy and the thing is you have to think about it you have to meditate on it you have to ask permission 
and engage with people in a beautiful way so that you're able to really adjust your life in and from temperatures that can be too high or too low to write a beautiful little med, middle mark there <laughs> a little middle mark in your life so that you are stepping into a space where you're like you know what i am very powerful and I'm holding this truth as my truth and who I am. And anyone who has anything to say and who doesn't have any aspect of themselves, um, who doesn't know who they are, and that would be a great starting point for them to begin to say, hey, you know what, who am I? And then they just start from there. But we uh, you know, do not have the right to interfere with any of that unless someone was going through some kind of health or something crisis, and then we can jump in. So as we get into getting into that space, we begin to hold a new shift in consciousness uh, for everyone on the planet. So the shift becomes this beautiful uh, symbolic notion that everything that we're doing as light workers, lit leaders, and powerful beings of majesty and grace, we are shifting the narrative. That gives us time to pause, just like I did, and breathe. So let's do that again. Let's pause. Take a deep inhalation and just simply say, I'm here to live my life and to hold the space in my life for being who I am. So nice. Just breathe that in. Know that your life is amazing and wonderful and that no one can take that away from you no matter what they say and no matter what they do. You have infinite power inside of you waiting to burst free into all these beautiful ideas and possibilities. And I encourage you to know that those possibilities are real and you can step into them at any given time and live your best lit life. I love you so much, Tribe. There's so many things I can share with you and tell you. We're just going to have to wait until next time. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'll see you later, alligator. Hey Tribe, so the Tribe wants to hear from you, and I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi Tribe, so this week's Tribal Share is featuring a song by the musician Daniel Arana and you can find him on Instagram at Daniel Arana Official. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-A-R-A-N-A-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Daniel Arana. Thank you for your contribution to the tribe. We love you. Enjoy.
Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. Hey Tribe, do you want to learn shamanism? I want you to learn shamanism, because I think it's something that you need to have in your life. Shamanism is not about religion, it's about relationship, relationship to your food, to your body, to yourself, to your community, to your ancestors. Not to mention, it gives you a lot of really cool, powerful tools and hacks that you can shift your life and lift your life in ways that you never imagined. I mean, get rid of the obstacles. So if you want to learn shamanism, I have so much to share with you. Come check it out at theshamanschool.com. That's www.theshamanschool.com. I'm waiting for you, and I'm excited. Let's be our best self. Bye. All right, Tribe, time to hear from our special guest. 
Hey tribe, this is Shaman Dirk, and I am so happy to have with me in today's share, Dr. Jeff McNary, who is the Chief Medical Officer at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. Now, I just got back from this beautiful place, and I was really excited to go there because everyone knows how I feel about plant medicine and how people utilize it and what type of people are giving it and doing it and making sure that people have the, you know, the, what they need to be able to integrate back into life and also that they have the care and the support so while they're going through this amazing spiritual journey. And I've talked about it a lot within my book, and I've talked about it a lot in the public when I'm lecturing around the world about how we need to create a container for people to be really able to get the most that they can get from their experiences when they're journeying into these plant medicines and really learning how to adapt to new ways of thinking and different emotional intelligence that they're experiencing during that time. And so being a part of Rhythmia, going there, seeing the facility, uh, experiencing everything that they're doing, experiencing the food, experiencing the accommodations, and being able to see how this beautiful wellspring of love, protection, and community was built to really hold space for people during their time of going into an ayahuasca medicine ceremony. And I'm really happy to have Dr. Jeff McNary with us because he is one of the chief medical um, officers who is who's there at Rhythmia, who's supporting people and helping them so that we know that there's no contraindications, that there's no adverse effects that can happen to them. So that every time people go into their ayahuasca ceremony, they have a doctor there that's making sure they're safe and they're sound and they're ready to go into something and know that they're going to be well cared for. So welcome to the share, Dr. Thanks Jeff. for having me. Excited to talk to you guys and share a little bit about what's going on down in Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm so excited. But before we do that, I want to ask you, tell me more about your, your background in the healthcare world and how that all that. I started off studying uh, medical anthropology, mostly Latin American indigenous cultures. And obviously, I didn't know at the time that that would be relevant to my career now. So I was, you know, I was a kid, you know, my undergrad. And then I, I got into Berkeley for a, a doctorate in medical anthro. And I decided that I want to do some research in that first. So I went to UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute did research for a year in medical anthropology, and I decided that it wasn't for me because I didn't really want to be an academic sort of professor writing grants. So I, I applied to the UCLA School of Public Health, and I got a master's there in public health and then started managing OBGYN clinics, and I decided I want to go to medical school. And then I got into medical school, but at the time, I was like, you know what, I'm kind of over the Western medical model, treating symptoms and looking at sort of like you know, not ever really looking at the underlying causes of issues. And so I was kind of disillusioned. So I moved to Hawaii and worked for the Department of Health in Hawaii, working with Native Hawaiian families. And I saw that there was a real cool thing that I could do with psychology. So that's when I moved back to LA and got my doctorate in psychology. And I started managing a, a well-known rehab called Passages Malibu. And it was working obviously with addiction. And I was looking at trauma and I was also doing my postdoc hours at a, at a psychiatric hospital in a private practice in LA. And that's when I met Jerry, who is currently the CEO of Rhythmia. And we hit it off and when he was a patient at Passages. And then from there, I basically shifted my whole career and pretty much abandoned the Western medical model and moved to Costa Rica and started uh, working with the government Ministry of Health there to get the license so we could have a medical facility that offers plant medicine in a really safe way. So that's basically kind of how the whole thing started for me. You know? 25 years of school. It was crazy. 
Oh yeah, that sounds yeah. a bit crazy. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, I understand it from my shamanic training and what I went through, but like medical and all yeah. that stuff, it's uh, it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of focus. Definitely. So I totally. Oh yeah. So you know, I I think it's and I I love what you said too that it was this disillusionment because you know it's unfortunate that we're still on this planet and we're in the year 2020 and we're still not bringing in this cohesive you know understanding of both Western uh, medical model which is the allopathic medicine and really helping people understand all um, the holistic medical model which is available to people which is also dealing with plants and dealing with you know how we deal with herbs and all these different things that are available and why do you think that is that i believe way? it's you know the the pharmaceutical industry and the the sort of the business of medicine is really entrenched in the west and anything that sort of threatens that or empowers people to kind of have control you know over their own health situation is considered a threat and so um plant medicine and sort of holistic practices and all kinds of like really empowering medical procedures are, are pushed down so that people, you know, have to rely on these external sources and these so-called experts, you know, in the, in the medical field to, uh, you know, treat their symptoms. And so I think it's about money. It's about power. It's about manipulation. And there's a lot of reasons for it politically and also just kind of socially that, are, that we face, you know, right now. Yeah, well, you know, what's really interesting is, uh, you know, we, in shamanism, we have this understanding that, like, you know, a lot of the Western medical model for psychology, they talk about, like, bipolar and, like, ADHD and all these things. And in, in shamanism, we don't have those Correct. words. You know, we don't. We don't have, okay, someone comes to us bipolar, we don't call them bipolar. We see that it's it's a part of them that's not creating self-preservation. And then we help them to correct those imbalances that are not giving them self-preservation and why they're feeling like they need to grab their power back by swinging the pendulum all the way to the other side. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting, the the context of humanity is still far behind in really developing a new model or a new system that relates this information instead of following a lot of the old teachings. I mean, we had great people like Carl Jung and, you know, and all of these amazing people who were actually pushing the, the boundaries of really getting into the psyche of the human being. And it's funny how we're not really looking at the fact that you know, we keep staying on the surface and then handing medicine out to all of these different situations and really not bringing any change other than just giving ways for people to cope. How do we shift our consciousness as a society of human beings into recognizing that there's other ways that have not been presented to us? What is your thought? Well, I think, that? you know, a lot of it has to do with kind of the scientific method that's based on sort of outcome data. And it's based on like, we can measure this, we can, you know, it's really hard to measure how someone feels usually. And if somebody feels empowered and, and less anxious and their depression is, you know, their outlook on life is a lot better. It's really hard to measure that. So the big part of what we're doing at Rhythmia is we're trying to collect data and it shows that we have a certain system set up. It involves integration and in plant medicine sessions, and medical intervention and holistic practices. And we're, we're kicking out a bunch of data that shows that people have realized their, their intentions and we're measuring it at all these different points throughout their stay and also when they leave. And so I think a big shift will occur 
you know, at least in the scientific world, it's beginning to a bit actually, is that when we can actually show some outcome measures that are creating these results of, of, you know, success. So that's really exciting. You know, and that's, we're the only place that I know of that offers plant medicine that's collecting data. We have 130,000 data points that we've crunched into all these different tables. That's just this amazing wealth of data. That's really important, I think. I think the, the measuring aspect, because I feel like a lot of the, the Western world, when it comes to the peop how people are dealt with in the medical system, is more like a conveyor belt. Yeah. You know, it's like, because I have a lot of friends who work on ER, and, you know, I go to them, and they're stressed out. Some of them are like, even suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to, like, bring them back to, bring them back to consciousness and be like, whoa, wait a second. Why did you get to be, why did you choose to be a doctor in the first place? And like reminding them, oh, it was this situation where you lost this family member and you wanted to be able to find a way to heal them. So you chose this field because you want to help people and you want to heal them. But you're not in a situation where you're seeing people getting healed. You're seeing yourself just pushing drugs and making and, and, and you know, and, and helping people identify, you know, their symptoms and then finding drugs to support those symptoms instead of really helping people to heal from the deep in, inner self. Did you feel that um, a lot when you were going through your own medical training and what you saw in the medical world that made you make this huge shift into where you are Definitely. now? And, and what I, what I often kind of like make the example about with, with this is that, you know, most people I'd say, you know, almost hundred percent of the people that go into the medical field have really good intentions. They have good hearts and they want to, they want to make a change and help people. But then what happens is they get into the system and the system is flawed and you're forced to practice medicine and psychiatry and psychology a certain way and because of that it's you know it's liability prone and so like if i had a patient come to me who was suicidal and depressed and on a bunch of meds there was a protocol that i had to follow and if i didn't follow it if i recommended instead reiki or go see a, an intuitive or go do ayahuasca or something else you know that's not within the protocol and that person either reported that or didn't have success there, I'm liable. And so it's very safe for a health practitioner to side of the boundaries that are by, you know, the, the medical system. So I absolutely saw that, you know, and I think what's happening with the doctors, that everybody's just really frustrated because they see their patients just going through a revolving door of care. Nobody's getting better. Everybody's on meds. Everybody's in and out of psych hospitals or rehabs or in therapy for 20 years. I mean, it's just really frustrating you know, to be a practitioner in that environment. I mean, who wants to be on therapy for 20 years? I mean, that's a huge span of <laughs> yeah, your life. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, I, mean, I, I had people in my practice, you know, I, I got to the point where I was telling my patients, I said, look, okay, I don't want to see you longer than six months and ideally just three and so we got to get down to this, you know, and if you have a, if you really like therapy, you can go, but my goal is to get you out of here in three to six months. And that was not normal because most of my, you know, the practice I was working in, in, in Pasadena, you know, the goal of therapy is like, keep these people in your practice, get your practice full, keep seeing them, you know, you'll be maxed out, pay your bills, pay your student loans off, you know, so it's like these people don't be cut the patient. You know, and everybody's dealing with it. Everybody's stressed out, but at the same time, they're conflicted because they they see that it's not working. It's not helping them. 
Yeah, it's it really isn't. I mean, I have a lot of people who come to see me and they have been in 10 years, 15 years therapy and they come in for two uh, sessions with me and they're like, what I did in 15 years, Shaman Dirk, you did in two sessions and it's crazy. Now I can go and enjoy my yes. life. And I think, you know, I think that was something I found very remarkable at Rhythmia uh, was the success rate of people coming out of the program that I was um, basically communicating with because, I mean, as you know, I'm a very hands-on yeah. person. So... You know, while everyone, like, even though I was there to, to teach classes and I was talking, teaching classes on quantum physics and shamanism and helping people how to develop their gifts and their powers and what to prepare themselves for, I also walked around to integrate with people and find out what their experience was like. How were they, did they feel nurtured, cared for, what was missing, what did they need, you know, and everybody was just high on this life of joy and really this greater transformation of I feel supported on all angles that it was easier for them to go into their stuff versus someone who felt like I'm not getting supported because there's a lot of shamans that that I know of um, in different parts of the world who are in ayahuascaderos and so forth who will take people out into nature give them the medicine and fall asleep in their hut <laughs> and then Literally, people are looking for them because they're having an intense experience and no one's there holding space for them. You know, what do you feel about this, 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 this surgence of ayahuasca where people are now doing it in their apartment complexes yeah. and in buildings in New York next to buzzing refrigerators? <laughs> and, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. right? Oh, I mean, yeah. what is yeah. that? What is that? Can you tell yeah. me, Dr. Jeff, what yeah. is well, that? I think what it comes down to is that, you know, a lot of people are actually a little nervous to go into the jungle. They're like pretty scared about it. You know, they hear horror stories. If you go online, there's there's people that take advantage of them down there, especially women, really get taken advantage of out in the middle of the jungle. There's no medical backup. You know, it's it's kind of scary, you know, for the for West for a Westerner. And and I think like the people that do it in basements or wherever they're doing it, you know, in New York or LA or whatever, you know, they're kind of like offering something like, hey, you can just pop by, you know, on a weekend and drink some of this and it'll help you. But like you said, they're not holding the space. They're not, they're not probably, I'm guessing most of them, the shamans are, if they, if they even are shamans, they're not really trained, you know, and they're just taking advantage of the people's sort of insecurities to go abroad and travel, you know? So that's, that's kind of what, what we're trying to bridge is we're trying to bridge like the jungle deep in the Amazon basin of Colombia or Peru or whatever or Brazil, right? And then, and also what's, what's comfortable for people, which is we have doctors, nurses, psychologists, we have people, we have both sides. So I think like the whole surge, you know, there's, I read a statistic that there's about 6,000 ceremonies of ayahuasca every night in the U S somewhere. And that's very interesting because it's like, okay, well, where are these being held? You know, it's like, it's like a little scary. But I think it's a matter of access and people just feel comfortable taking the subway, you know, down to Soho and jumping in some loft and doing it. Whereas it's not necessarily going to be beneficial because there's no integration. There's no holding of space. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who the medical people are, if any, you know, so it's a little scary. 
Yeah, I mean, is that really safe? I mean, one of the things that I really liked was that you had the whole medical situation there. And I'm, and even though I'm a shaman, I focus a lot of my attention on how to bring shamanism into the Western world in a way that's adaptable and allows people to feel empowered, but also not to discredit the medical world as well, not from the state of like just fully allopathic medicine, but looking at all of our resources that are available and utilizing it for the best of pers each person for their intention to get where they need to go and what they need for their their total you know their total uh, return to homeostasis yes. and i and i think these these when i see these very like you know uh pop up ayahuasca places all <laughs> yeah. that's what i call them pop it is yeah. what it is right <laughs> You know, it's yeah. a pop-up and, uh, you know, and it's not safe. And I wanted to get your feeling on that because you don't have someone like, let's say, for instance, someone goes and has a very uh, a bad heart, yeah. okay? And they go into ayahuasca uh, ceremony and there's no one holding space for them and the person didn't know they had a bad heart. Very. Or they're prone to yeah. strokes or all these yeah. different things. Or they have, they have mental breakdowns and they're, they're prone to mental breakdowns. You know, how do people think they're going to deal with such experience of that if they don't have that? What is your thought about this irresponsibility <laughs> that's, that's showing up right now with these well, pop-ups? I, I think what the intention might be from those people that are kind of running those ceremonies, those pop-up ceremonies, is that they're looking like, okay, well, in the jungle, they just give medicine to everybody. Well, that's not necessarily true. Because in the jungle, if you look at what's going on in a tribe, that administers ayahuasca as a remedy. All those people have grown up with each other. They all know each other. And if there's like sort of mental illness, which they don't define it like we do in the West, or if there's sort of health behaviors, then they know how to kind of manage it because they've got their hands on the whole community. They, know, they understand everybody. And so they can give a little or none or a lot or whatever, and they can manage it. But in the West, in, the, in Brooklyn, it's like you don't know. You don't have the background. And, there's a, and because in the West, we're taking all these meds and we have all these health conditions because of the way we're eating and the way we're living and the stress levels are so high, the people forget that there's other situations we have to look at. And there's meds that contraindicate with ayahuasca because it's a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. So there's a lot of meds you cannot take and be on while you're on ayahuasca. And that the heart conditions and the brain situations, and there's like gastrointestinal issues, all these things. And that's why it's good to have like the medical side to this plant medicine for the West because we know what's medically appropriate and what's not. And that's where we can kind of shift that and, and understand it. Because when guests book at Rhythmia, they don't just show up. They have to go through a long questionnaire about all these conditions and do you have this, do you have that. We, we tell them you have to taper off those meds or you, you, maybe you just can't even do it because you've had a heart surgery. You have stints in your heart. There's all these things. Now, down the jungle, there's not a lot of stints in people's hearts, right? It's just, it's just not the same situation. So because we have our advanced, quote-unquote, advanced medical system in the West, it brings other problems that we have to look at. And that's why it's important to have this sort of Western intervention that allows the plant medicine to come through in a really safe way for people that aren't from Peru, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I feel like a lot of people miss that, that very, very important information that you just, you know, shared with everyone. And, and it's so important because I feel like the irresponsibility has become so much of this, like, uh, kind of like social cachet. If you go to dinner party, they're like, so have you done ayahuasca? No. Oh, something's wrong with you. And then they go and look to see if they can get on board the ayahuasca train so that they feel like they're accepted by their peer groups. And I think that what, what I, what 
what I find is that that actually is a Jiffy Lube, I call it. You know, I mean, people who are listening from around the world who don't know what Jiffy Lube is, this is a place where we go and we put our car in really quick to get a quick oil change. Like within like 10, 15 minutes, we're out of there. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I could call it the quick fix, but is it not, it's not really quick fixing anything. I want to go back a little bit and talk about like, what is, like, how did you come from, from passages to Rhythmia? Tell me your story a little bit. Sure. So, so I was running this rehab in, in Malibu and the place was very interesting because it was, it was probably the first non 12 step based inpatient rehab at the time. Now there's a lot of them, but at the time it was the first. So it was very controversial and people like were not really on board with it as far as the addiction field, but we were looking at underlying causes of addiction. And I really was uh, enticed by that because I believe that all addiction is based in trauma or some sort of event or life lifestyle situation that's happening, you know, maybe from childhood that leads to an addictive pattern. And so I loved that about passages. And also because it was a little bit more holistic, we had Chinese medicine and we had body work. We had spiritual counseling and meditation and there's yogas, all these things. There's also marriage and family therapists. There was psychologists, there's medical doctors. So that was like my first introduction to sort of this meshing of like the holistic, you know, Eastern medicine with the West. And at that time, you know, Jerry showed up, who was, who was a patient there. And he was just this madman, and he was like out of hand, and he was really a tough guy. And he was, and I was like, I used to interview every single guest that showed up, and I would, I would assign their treatment team, and I, I interviewed this guy. I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to give this guy to because he's going to just eat him alive, you know. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I decided, you know what, I'm going to give my staff a little bit of a break. Where they're kind of overwhelmed right now with the current patients they have. I'm going to work with him myself. And so I did and we hit it off and we, we had a lot in common. We, we thought the same way. We had a rough upbringing different ways, but we, we, we could relate to each other. And, and then once he got out of passages, he was there 60 days. He kicked his uh, Demerol habit, which was the main reason he was there, but he was still living a chaotic lifestyle with other drugs and, and just bad behavior and fighting and his family system was screwed up. And so he hired me to work with him individually as his sort of life coach therapist. And so I quit passages and focused on this guy. And it was really weird because I look back on it. I'm like, why did I do that? Right. <laughs> I did. I did. It made no sense at the time. Like it just felt right to do it, you know, but it, it didn't make any sort of logical sense. Why would I quit being the manager of this place? Why would I leave all these other things I'm doing and just work with this one dude? And I, and I know now why, but I didn't at the time. I was just going with the vibe. And so for about five years, I worked with this dude every day for about eight hours, Monday through Friday, you know, 9 a.m. till four or five in the afternoon. And just trying everything and just like working with him and trying to help him and this and that. We had moments that were cool and the breakthroughs sort of, but he would just kept going back to the same behavior. And he got to the point where he was suicidal again. He had been suicidal at various times in his life and he was getting there again. I was like, oh man, I don't know what to do. And a shaman that I knew referred him to a place in Costa Rica to go do plant medicine. And I just said, dude, I don't know much about the plant medicine. I've heard about it. I don't know much about it, but you should just go because we've tried everything. Just go down there and try it. And he went and it changed his life completely. And I was very skeptical, very, very skeptical because I, I like, dude, how in one week 
Are you going to change your life, you know, 50 years of insanity to be all of a sudden you're okay? I was, I just didn't buy it. But then when I saw him afterwards, uh, like a, about 10 days after he got back, I went to his house and he was a different dude. His vibe was different. His energy was different. He was, he had totally done a 180. And then he told me that I had to go down there now because I was working with him. I said, man, I don't want to go down there. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not like an addict. I don't have all these behavior issues. I thought I was fine. I said, okay, well I'll go, you know, it's interesting. I'll check it out. So I went down there and he came with me. I was really scared because I'd never done anything like that. No psychedelics. I'd had, I wasn't a drug guy. I was studying my whole life. Right? So I didn't have time for that. So I just didn't know about it. And I took the medicine and it completely changed me. It showed me who I've become. It showed me what my whole issue was with, with relationships and vulnerability. And it showed me like why I have this buffer between me and other people. And I just got used to it. I used to do this since I was a little kid, just keep people at arm's distance. But I didn't know really why. And it showed me and it helped me feel grounded and at peace and helped me connect with people. I was like, this is incredible. So that's where we decided, both of us, that we wanted to have a place that was safe because the place we went to was not safe. And it was, it was super sketchy. It was dirty. It was not well run. It was just a house up in the mountains in Costa Rica. I mean, it was, the shaman was amazing, but the whole environment was not good. And we didn't think, we didn't think most people would go for that. So that's how we wanted to sort of propel this sort of way of doing plant medicine in a resort environment that's medically licensed with shamans, but also doctors. And so that's kind of how the ball started rolling. And, and now we've had almost over 8,000 people come through the door. You know, we've been open four and a half years, roughly. And it's just, we're sold out all the time. And, you know, we have, you know, 90 plus people there. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, when we were leaving at the end of our week, cause you know, I, I brought my whole team cause I wanted the whole team to get this whole transformation. And, and, and I think that's really beautiful. And I'm glad that you shared about your experience of how you were afraid of it and what your thoughts were, because, you know, for me, I'm a spirit shaman. So I was raised, so I experienced certain plant medicines when I was really young, not ayahuasca, but other things that I've done. And, and what it, you know, I got to a place where I started seeing a lot of people, you know, going to plant medicine like every single week. Like I would have friends in LA and New York and in Israel call me up and say, yeah, I did plant medicine last week. Oh, I'm doing it again this week and I'm doing it again this week and I'm doing it again this week. I'm like, okay, so you've done it for four weeks straight and you're still acting like the same person. I don't quite understand like, you know, maybe it's not the plant medicine, maybe yeah. it's just you and you just need to really like, you know, look at that, you know, do you think that that's okay for people to do plant medicine that many times back no, to back? No, I don't. And I think that, you know, without the integration and the context and the support, it's almost useless in a, in a way, you know, I guess if somebody's done a ton of work on themselves beforehand and they have, you know, they have a certain level of enlightenment and they're looking to turn a corner and they feel really empowered as an individual. Then they do plant medicine in one of those sort of like weekend things. It can be really good, but most people aren't doing it like that. They're just living their life, you know, 90 miles an hour, you know, and then they just do some plant medicine and they just keep going the same way before you got to have a context and sort of a container. And you have to have like sort of a ritual vibe, meaning that there's a, there's a certain ceremonial component to it that helps with the integration and the understanding of it and the support. 
And that's where people can become vulnerable in a healthy way and let the medicine go deep with them so they can resolve these internal things. You know, all week at Rhythmia, what I'm doing is I'm meeting with guests that are confused about what's going on. You know, they're going to classes to help them, but some people just aren't still, they're just not quite getting it. So I will sit down with them and I'll interpret things or help them understand their own process and I'll, I'll give them context, you know? So that's a very important thing. And that's why it's really key that they stay for a week. That's how long our program is. It's one week and they can just like get everything they need in that, in that sort of, you know, in all those containers that we provide with a staff that's super loving and well-trained. Absolutely. You know, I did a course, uh, while I was there, I was teaching a class on uh, quantum physics, and I was explaining it from a shamanic point of view on how we see things. And a couple of the guys in the class thought I was like full of crap, you know. <laughs> and and then they went and did their uh, their ayah, and then they came to me at lunch and was like, uh, "I guess we needed to see to see." Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> "I guess so." <laughs> I love that. That is what happens all the time. Like people are doubtful at moments in the week. Then, then, a, then a facilitator, a guest speaker, or you, when you were there, you saw it. You know, they get some sort of clarity, and then they're like, ah, I don't believe it. Then they go and do the medicine, and it brings context. And that's the, that's the whole beauty of this thing. You know, I think it's really uh, great also, too, and I think it's important to, to, be for, to, you know, to share with, the, with everyone who's listening because a lot of times, when I, and I have, because most of the people that I spend a lot of time uh, doing stuff with are mostly bankers and, you know, doctors and lawyers and major CEOs and celebs and, like, you know, welders and skateboarders and, you know, everyone across the board. But a lot of my business, um, you know, clientele, people who come in and, and you know, sit with me to sit with themselves they when they think of like people going to things like this they think it, of being like this very hippy dippy yeah. you know whoa like very, like you know woo woo yeah. i'm not gonna go do that that's not something i'm I, you know I'm a, I'm a person who's a fortune 500 yeah. company you know i'm not i'm not gonna do that can you let everyone know what type of people yeah. come to rhythmia so they can get a more understanding of the scope of you know of, of your of the people Absolutely. Who come there? yes i love that question because at Rhythmia, we have everybody that you just mentioned. We have CEOs. We have Fortune 500 people. We have, we have some hippies, but they've already done the medicine somewhere else for years, and they're not really there. We have a couple come. We have all kind. We have single moms from Upper East Side. You know, we have all kinds. We have some farmers from from Ohio. You know, we have everybody that comes because what's happened is they've reached a dead end in their life with meds or with behavior or with disillusionment or feeling frustrated or not having success emotionally in their life. And they see about Rhythmia, whether it's from a friend that tells them or they see our, our, you know, our social media or they hear about it. And then we, what we're telling people is our success rate is so high that you cannot miss coming here and it, it gets them motivated. So we have all types of people that come and I would say it's kind of like, uh, people that you would see, you know, in any major city or any rural area. We have, we have, we have people that they were from the Ozarks that haven't, they lived up in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. We have them, you know, but we also have a CEO from Hong Kong. You know, we have everybody comes and they all get along. I teach a class on Thursday about integration and how to go home and have success. 
And what I say, the number one point that I make in that class is this is how the world should be, is that everybody comes together, all different countries, ethnicities, gender identities, socioeconomic status. Everybody's here. Everybody's bonding. It's super cool. And I am not a guy that's like a hippy-dippy type of dude. I'm like a Western medical trained person. And I love what's going on because it's real. It's actually changing people's lives. So for the people, yeah, I, I, I hear that all the time. Like it's kind of a hippie vibe or sort of like kind of woo-woo. Now there's moments of that, but it's actually really fun. And it's really cool to see a different perspective on the, well, what that means. But the, the, the normal clientele that we have are people from all walks of life, you know, all 18 and up. We have all kinds of people. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's very important uh, for people to know that because a lot of times people will be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's not for me. I don't want to get into that. And that's why I really wanted to talk about that to, to, to really broaden that for people so that they realize that, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just for one type of person demographically, it's actually for everyone. But do you believe that everyone, plant medicine is for everyone? Do you think it's everyone in the world should take plant medicine or do you feel like there's certain people who are called to it and should take it and there are some who should never take it? I, I don't think it's necessary for everyone. I think there's lots of ways that people can see themselves and they can know themselves. They, they can become empowered. There's lots of spiritual ways. There's lots of meditations that happen for people that they can do the same thing. There's lots of study and sort of um, expansion internally for people that they can do yoga. I mean, it's all different ways. Plant medicine is just one way and there's lots of different ways. Some people it's not for them. And what's very interesting is that I have a lot of empaths come to Rhythmia that don't know their empaths. And a lot of them have become an empath through childhood trauma and they use it. They use their empath sort of strategy as a way to uh, navigate their world. And what happens is they get flooded with tons of emotion that they've been holding and absorbing for all these people in their life. And then they feel lost. They don't know who they are. And the reason is because they're holding all this stuff. But who they are as a person is beautiful and it's, it's loving and healing. And so when they come, I usually can pick them out. I got a couple every week. I bring in my office to talk to them and I say, look, this is what you got to do. You got to get off all this baggage you're holding for all these other people. And then you can do the work for yourself. And then what happens is when they drink the medicine the next night, they see that they are the same as the medicine. Medicine is loving and healing and connecting and, and opening and expanding. And that's how they are because they're empaths. So there's a lot of people that in the world that don't need this. They can achieve these results from other means. But a lot of people have been in therapy, like we talked about, for so many years, or they've been on meds for so long, or they're confused, they've been overwhelmed, maybe they have trauma from childhood, so they don't have the tools to really deal with stuff. So plant medicine is great for a lot of people, but it's definitely not the only way to do it, and not everybody needs to do it. Wow, that's that's really that's really informative because I feel like a lot of times uh, some people feel like, yeah, everyone should do ayahuasca. I mean, I've even heard people say that in Ibiza when I was there, there were all these ayahuasca ceremonies, and there was this one guy who was claiming to be a shaman, and he was like, yeah, everyone should do ayahuasca, and I'm like, really? You think so? You really? Think 
you think so? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm such the inquisitive one, yeah. so I'm like, really? Okay, and 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 how and how do you figure that? And you know, I think that's important. I so like if we look at the state of the world where we are today, right, where we have this whole coronavirus thing happening, right, and uh, and really what it's doing is it's saying for us to kind of like just step back a little bit and look at what's really important with life, you know, which is life, and you know, and I love that. Rhythmia is called Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. And I want to talk a little bit about the life advancement and what, what is it that we're missing as a whole in society on a global level that you feel from your own experiences with plant medicine, your own experience as a doctor, what are we missing right now and what are we missing in the world? I think the world is on sort of cruise control and everybody's kind of like status quo. And I go to my nine to five, and I have my beers on the weekend and I see my movie with my family on, you know, once a month or whatever I do. And I'm just cruising. And the problem is, is that the powers that be are keeping everybody numbed out so that they can work their angles and get their money and do their control and this global sort of domination vibe that's going on internationally and around the world. And it's keeping everybody quiet and complacent and numb and what's really happening for those that have sort of woken up and sort of like realized that the world needs to shift it needs to change it needs to evolve like it always has been doing it can't come from a huge system of change it has to come from an individual change every time somebody shifts themselves it creates a vibrational outward pattern that affects everyone around them in a positive way and some people are more resistant to it and that's okay but some people are not and some people are receptive and open and then they shift. And so what's happened in Rhythmia with the life advancement is we're empowering, help, helping to empower people so they can make a change in the world that's beneficial for everybody. And it's a global awakening that's occurring and we see it and everybody that's kind of like turned on, they see it and they look around and they're aware of all these wars and famines and all this craziness and this corruption and people are just getting really scared and sick of it. And it's a minority of the world that's in charge of that stuff. And the bulk of everybody can really, really overcome that so quickly. It's just a matter of being turned on. And you can do it lots of ways. And we believe at Rhythmia, there's lots of ways to do it. Breath work, plant medicine, integration, understanding, self-awareness, all these different ways. So we're, we're trying to have like, almost like a university of energetic shift. That's what we're trying to do. Oh, that's what you're doing instead of saying exactly. time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wordsmith. I'll catch I'm your words. You. I'm like, uh, that word, that word's not I'm the right you. word. Let's let's change that word out and put that new I'm word in you. there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So so if we're looking at we're looking at, okay, a human being, right, who's going through difficulty in their life. Um, you know, a lot of times in shamanism, we look at the factors of human uh, discord, not just based on like what they're dealing with, um, within what the doctors say is their symptoms, but we're also looking at the, 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 the issues of aggressive things that are happening in their life based on their social standings and based on their, you know, how they're interacting with the world, how the food they're eating, the type of way that they interact with themselves on an interpersonal level, what is their spiritual, uh, you know, how would I say routine that could be everything from, like you said, breath work to, you know, you name it, yoga, whatever it may be. 
what do you feel? Why do you feel that in a lot of the mainstream society, which is where I spend a lot of my time focusing on, because the people who need it the most are not the ones who are like you're doing yoga and meditating. Yeah. It's the people. We, we have to bring the information to who don't have access to that. What do you think is the big stubborn on them from making that shift into really realizing what's really Well, I think them? that those people are so stuck in a certain routine. You know, they've, they've believed most of their life that they have to reach this certain level of success or predictability or routine. And once they get there, they just all of a sudden turn off and just, go cruise control it's just they're just moving along in this way that's not really thoughtful or mindful and the people that need it the most are not the people that are looking to go do this and so that is a challenge that is absolutely a challenge because if we look at like world leaders well these guys and women need it the most but why aren't they doing it well it's because they've arrived and they're at these places in these sort of societal norms and systems that are not allowing them to break out. And it takes a very thoughtful person to just like check in and think about where they are and who they are and to say, you know what? I am not happy where I'm at. I need to, to level up and get to the, something that's going to help me actually plug into myself. Because a lot of people are so unplugged for themselves. They're so dissociated that they're not even aware. And their ego has become this huge thing that's shown to the world and the world has accepted their ego and they themselves are in conflict. And so the bridge is that you have to reorganize the ego and get the ego to be back more in line with the true self. And the only way to do that, you know, is to have this self-realization sort of moment, which we have talked about can be all these different things. So, you know, the people that need it the most, they're the ones that, you know, I always believe that it's a grassroots organization or a grassroots movement. It's going to like push up on the system. It's going to bring awareness to people. It's not going to come from the top down. It's always going to be the people sort of wanting and pushing and desiring things. And, and eventually it's going to have to be noticed. You know, like in Oakland, California, they recently decriminalized ayahuasca. Now the, the catch 22 is you can't import it legally. <laughs> so, but but it's a step, right? And so as these things start to happen, you know, those people that are sort of out of touch or not really would never think about this, they're going to have to look at it because it's going to, their kids are going to go do it. Their family members, their coworkers, their constituents, you know, they're, everybody's going to be talking about this eventually, you know, that's at least how I see it. I think that's, I think that's remarkable. And also, you know, I really love that that whole idea of how, you know, human beings really are stuck in a position, you know, because when you said that, what came to my mind was they feel like because I've got this much money, because I have the big house and the fancy car, and because I'm like, you know, I have this job and I have this routine, there's nothing wrong with me. So I don't have to fix anything because I, I already have it. And, and it's unfortunate because the human consciousness actually believes that the idea of material success in wealth is the idea of having it instead of seeing spiritual emotional intelligence and mental acuity as the as the go-to for success for to live what i call a happy thriving life which is to be happy and fulfilled is to be fulfilled within that's right 
And you can tell that a lot of these models aren't fulfilling people within because their whole idea to be fulfilled is to buy more things and to have the hottest <laughs> new girl or to have the hottest new airplane or whatever yeah. it may be. You know, and uh, you're right. I believe it is a grassroots thing. I believe 100% in what you're saying. And I think it's remarkable how you said it. It's so beautiful and so poignant for everyone to hear that because that means that everyone who's on that grassroots level needs to step That's it right. up. That's right. Right. And right, and really shine that light of their of their autonomy into the world, and to support the collective, and that collective shining its light on the um, the misuse and the abuse that is being presented through these corporations and these and these very uh, how do you say very destructive um, you know organizations that are not really supporting the benefit of human I agree rights. A thousand percent, it's true. And you know when people get to this point where they sort of like reached a spiritual path. And they're, they're getting a lot of information for themselves and they're feeling happy and they're feeling peace and they're feeling real connection. It's actually a very calm place to be. And if you look at like, you know, for example, you, I, when I saw you walking around, you're very at peace, very calm, very centered. It's not like this crazy, oh, hey, uh, you know, it's just like, it's like you're very grounded. And, and that's what's the beauty of this whole thing is it just gives you a personal level of peace and confidence that's that's real and i think people are lacking that these days you know and they when they think about spiritually enlightened people for those that are not they think of like you said all these hippy dippy weirdo people yelling around and acting crazy and dancing it's not what it's like like i dress like a doctor i look like a doctor but i feel so happy in my life and i've always working on it i always got things to look at and change of course you know i'm i'm a human but i feel grounded i feel confident in where i'm at i'm looking to go to the next level i'm trying to have good relationships it's actually a very calm place it's very peaceful you know and that's the beauty of this whole thing yeah, you definitely look like a doctor. Um, but you look like a, a doctor, a busy doctor yeah. on the go. Because <laughs> like one second you're there, I wanted to talk to you, and you're yeah. like gone. Next second I see you, exactly. you're gone. And I'm like, and I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. Time, there's time, and time is fair, forgiving, and revealing, and I will That's have right. time to be able to connect with him. And here we are. So I think that's absolutely yeah, wonderful. So what is your what is your message to the world? So everyone who's listening in are from I have people in Africa, from people all over the world who listen. Like even in Saudi Arabia, we have tons of people nice. who listen to ancient wisdom today, all over nice. the world who are listening right now. What is your message to everyone uh, so that we can move forward? And, uh, and this possibly. is my message. Okay, so if I am connected to myself and I'm grounded in who I am as a person. That means that I can have true empathy for others. And what that means is that if I have empathy for people, it means that I can feel what they are going through. And if I can feel what someone else is going through, the last thing in the world I want is for them to feel hurt, sad, or disappointed. I want them to feel good because I can feel it. I'm connected to them. So if I have true empathy, Wars go away, famine goes away, homelessness goes away, drug and alcohol abuse goes away, everything goes away because I am empathic to other people. And that's the way the world changes, is having true empathy. And the only way you can have true empathy 
is if you're connected and plugged into who you are as an individual and you know yourself very well. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and um, I wanted to ask you one thing, though, because I did remember seeing something. Now, you have a scholarship program at Rhythmia. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. We offer scholarships many, many, many a year, several a month, a couple a week. And all people have to do is go to our Facebook page, you know, Rhythmia Facebook, and there's a, a way to do it. They can fill out an application and then send it in. And we choose people all the time that don't have the economic resources to do it or they're stressed out about life or whatever. And we, we offer that for everybody because we, we want everybody to come to Rhythmia that wants to. There's a way to get here. Mm, you know what? I just want to thank you and commend you for offering that because that's really beautiful because I always look at how people give back to the world and how people can be supportive to people who don't have the means and don't have the sustenance to be able to do yeah. those things. And I just want to say thank you because that really makes me happy because I've, you know, since I was a kid, I've always believed in a, and helping people who don't have and making things possible for them. And how can people stay in touch with you? How can they get in touch with you? You know, what's the, what, 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 uh, do you have any, are you on Instagram? Instagram, or are you on any kind of social yeah, media? Yeah, so every, every Monday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I do a Facebook Live. And it's 5, 10 minutes, maybe 15. And I talk about all different psychological, medical things related to plant medicine, arrhythmia, things going on. And it gets, it gets saved over into YouTube. So if they go to Dr. Jeff Arrhythmia on YouTube, I have an archive of all these videos. And that's the best way. And if they want to reach out to us, they can send a message via our Rhythmia Facebook page. There's ways to, you know, you can text the message and we'll get back to you. And we'll, we want to make sure we contact everybody that's interested. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I am so happy, uh, Dr. Jeff McNary, that you've been on today's share on Ancient Wisdom today. It, the tribe and everyone is so happy. Uh, and I know that everyone is like super filled with so much information and are ready to like look into how they can, you know, advance their life in a beautiful way and the wisdom that has come from your being through this share. I'm so grateful and thankful and honored of your presence. So thank you we so really much. We really appreciate your, your attention to Rhythmia and also coming down there. It was one wonderful having you there we hope you come back really soon and it was a pleasure talking to you i'm grateful i could be on this podcast thank you so much for having me hey tribe we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is lit verified hey tribe i want to tell you how life-changing the products of today's podcast sponsor blue box are Blue Blocks offers an advanced lighting filtering eyewear that targets improved sleep and health. Now, I don't know if you know, but sleep is the most important thing you could ever do for yourself. Why? Because it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, and it allows your brain to be optimized and function. And I truly believe that if you want to have the best start in your life so you can live a lit life, you want to get some good sleep. And when you're well-rested, when you're well rested, our mind and our body performs at its spiritual potential. To ensure my body gets the sleep that I need, I wear blue blocks. And I wear it because I want to optimize my life. And I wear it also because I like blocking out those horrible artificial blue lights that are emitted from man-made lighting and devices. I mean, you know, we don't even realize how much our brain is being activated by these lights. 
Blue Blocks offers computer glasses with clear lens to combat digital eye strain when working at a computer all day, and also yellow summer glow lens to help combat anxiety, depression, migraines, and low mood during the day. I kid you not, the signature sleep lens improves sleep when worn before bedtime. And if you want to get that sleep so that you can get out in the world and stay lit, stay powerful, and be the lit leader of legacy that you are, you've got to have Blue Box sunglasses. The world's leading sunglasses, and they offer non-prescription and prescription sunglasses for readers. So this is a really amazing tribe. So I have to say, they're lit verified. And the best bit is for every pair of Blue Blocks glasses you buy, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need in a developing world. By taking care of your own health, well, we get to take care of someone else's health. So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code A-W-T at the checkout. And try, remember, we want to be our best self. So get blue blocks. Everyone should have them. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Recap. I'm super excited about uh, having had Dr. Jeff on um, Ancient Wisdom sharing love and information, which is so important for us to learn about all these different, you know, ideas that different doctors, different people feel so that we can really enrich our minds with ways to think and understand how to navigate our lives in the best way. And, you know, one of the things that I really loved about what Dr. Jeff said is, you know, how people who first get into the medical field go into it with a good intention and want to help, but they start to have issues when they realize it's a system and, you know, a system And, you know, and we really need to look at that nowadays because, you know, these systems are built in a way to support its system. It's not built in a way to support the people. And I have a lot of respect for, you know, Western models that have been created to help people survive. But that's what it is. It's to deal with, you know, helping people, but it's not there to keep them alive and thriving. Because the idea of true um, medicine is to be able not to keep you codependent upon it and locked into it, but the ability so that you can learn how to be in preventative medicine which is to go further. And so I really love that he talked about how he noticed that and he realized that. And that takes a lot for a doctor to realize that and for them to be able to to make an adjustment within their own mental thinking and the way that they perceive life and what they've learned through school and their upbringing to be able to make those transitions to see that there is something different outside of what they've experienced. And I love that he said, you know, that they have to follow certain protocols that prevent them from recommending anything outside of the Western medicine system. And these protocols, who are making up these protocols and why are the protocols the way they are? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever like sit back and wonder like the, the, the school system, the medical system, all of these different systems that we are dealing with in the matrix, why these systems um, how did they come up with these ideas of protocol and these um, ways that we have to follow exactly the step-by-step process that they um, want us to follow or the way that they follow it themselves? 
And, you know, the idea of not recommending anything outside of the Western medical system means that it's a system that wants to control. Because think about it, on our planet, true health is the ability to be able to have all access to all resources that's available for you to thrive and stay alive. So why would they want to limit you or hold you back from being able to be a part of anything that could actually support you to stay alive and to get healthy and to be well? Why wouldn't they want you to to go out and do your own due diligence and be able to gain the knowledge and information you know, to be able to to move into a space where you can um, have more information other than that which they're presenting you. To me, that's a scary thing. Now, I'm not saying that I don't respect my, my friends who are doctors and who are nurses and who work in the healthcare system. But what I'm saying is that isn't it time for a systems upgrade? I mean, isn't it time for us people to start asking more questions and getting more involved in why we have to follow these systems and why aren't these systems being upgraded? Like, for instance, I have a lot of friends who are psychotherapists and psychologists, but isn't it time for us to upgrade that and bring in more knowledge of all the different ways that the mind is affected, not just through words but also through sound and understanding of spiritual knowledge and wisdom uh, understanding environment and food and how all these things play an integral role in how someone is affected mentally how someone's affected physically i mean the physicality of our systems are not just this very singularity separate you know um system it is based on uh, a synthesis, a connection of information, guiding information from one place of the body to the next so that the cells and the brain and the organs and the blood and the bile and the lymphatic system and the nervous system and everything in the bones, everything is supporting each other, very much like our ecosystem. And our ecosystem knows that if one of those aspects were to be eliminated, such as the trees were all to be taken off the planet, then everything would cease to, to move and we would eventually, um, you know, have um, lost all of our lives. So all of us would be, you know, no longer able to, um, to exist and to continue on this planet. And if we took away our water system, then there would be no way for us to live on the planet. And if we took away, you know, I mean, the wind, for instance, we would not be able to survive. The sun, gone. We wouldn't survive. Again, all of these things that we, that we don't really acknowledge or that we uh, take for granted, take for, sorry, take for granted, are literally uh, necessary components to maintain the structure of life. So I can't understand why in shamanism we know that. That's the first thing we learn in our training is that everything communicates to everything. And so in knowing that, we understand that if everything is communicating to everything, then that there is a technology, a network that is ever growing and it has to stay evolving. Because if, the, if everything communicates to everything, 
And in order for something to grow and evolve, there has to be an understanding of adaptation, which is acknowledging that everything that grows is going to continue growing based upon every single thing that's happening. So whatever changes occur, every every uh, part of the component knows that it also has to change in order to support what's happening both on the inner and outer experience. That being said, basically what that means is, let's say for instance, you're living in this very, uh, how do you say, like a house, you've got a pool, you've got all the things you need uh, that make your life so luxurious and, um, and, and makes it where you feel, you know, less not less ease, but um, less, you know, resistance and more ease and everything is just very simple and created for you to be at this utmost peace, right? And you are used to the, uh, these energies and these things providing that for you. And then all of a sudden someone takes you and throws you in the middle of a place where you don't understand the environment and you don't understand what's going on. Um, the moment you go into that situation, your mind, your emotions, and your internal system has to now create a new code so that you can adapt and survive in that situation. And so our bodies are naturally able to adapt if we get out of the way of, of fear and reaction and get into, okay, what is the next step for our evolution? But what's interesting I find is that when you're dealing with health and what I love about what Dr. Jeff said, which is that, you know, they prevent people from recommending anything from any thing from the outside of the Western medical system. And they are told to keep people coming through this revolving door of medicine without getting any better. What is the purpose of going into a system that doesn't help you to get better, to thrive? That completely goes against evolution and completely goes against adaptation and completely goes against life. And how do we as people continue to support a system that literally is not supporting us in maintaining and sustaining our lives on this planet? And so I thought, you know, having someone like, you know, um, you know, Dr. Jeff speak about this fine point in his own journey through the evolutionary process of recognizing I'm in a system that doesn't allow expansion, evolution, and adaptation. What is this exactly? And for him to be able to question that reality of his, even though he was indoctrinated into that reality through school and through his upbringing, I have to say, is quite remarkable. Don't you think? Quite remarkable. Because if for a doctor to be able to see that the institution and what he has been learning and, and, and gaining knowledge upon has actually supported only the idea of gaining more profit and being able to bring people through without 
really creating substantial growth in health and wellness and adapt um, adaptability and the ability to sustain homeostasis and sustain life on planet earth and it's really apparent on our planet that this is the case and i talk about it so much in my lectures and in my workshops and in everything that i'm doing in the world that this system is not built for you it's built for certain people to have profit and gain off the suffering of humanity and the lack and limitations that the system provides is not suitable of the ability to adapt and thrive on planet earth and you know during his time at passages he looked more at the underlying causes of addiction and found that trauma was a big influence and i can't go to to begin to tell you how much that reached home for me because i had addiction in one point in my life to a lot of different substances when i was young because of the trauma that i went through in my own childhood and my own upbringing uh with my father and my stepmother who um you know and not only just them but also you know the the teachers at school calling me you know and other students calling me the n word dealing with racism dealing with abuse dealing with sexual abuse and dealing with a stepmom who every day made it her her every day to be able to tell me how stupid and dumb and um ugly i am and all of these different things and when you have someone beating on you both in your physical body and beating down you on your emotional and mental body and then you're being told by people that you are not worthy or in your worthless because the color of skin that you were born into you develop this deep abuse that you understand is this aggressive attack on all levels of your being and that's what i experienced and so because of that it led me to being an alcoholic it led me to doing crystal meth cocaine um psychedelics anything i can do to numb the pain and the pain was real and the pain is real for a lot of people and so a lot of the reasons why we have um substance abuse why um we have bars uh that are uh you know available all over the world where people drink alcohol it's not that your body needs alcohol it's not that your body needs to 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 pound a couple back for you to be able to survive and thrive on planet earth and be able to have your organs and your kidney and all of your liver and every part of your body functioning to maintain so that you can sustain life on this planet you really don't need any of those things you don't need it however you go to it because one it's available on pretty much anywhere you go in any city in any country place wherever you go there's bars everywhere and why is that on our planet why do we have bars why do we have places where people can engage in substance abuse to themselves it's because true humanity is really depressed and abused by the system 
abused by the nature of life, abused by parental, uh, ancestral uh, uh, wounds that have not been healed, abused by people who've been abused and abuse another person to tell their story and pass on the message, abused by people who are jealous or insecure or fearful of the power that someone represents and therefore does everything they can to bring them down, talk bad about them, gossip, or say horrible things so that they can ascertain some level of dignity within themselves to by bringing someone else down to lift themselves up. Abused by your own spiritual system that was put into place to make you believe that God doesn't love you unless you do exactly what you're told to do, which is no different from the system. And also the idea that if you don't follow these rules, just like the system, then you will obviously be um, have some, some type of pain or suffering or loss or damage done to you in some way that would make it possible for you to thrive on this planet you know abused by the school system that tells you you have to study certain things and then if you don't meet their test and you don't come out with straight A's that something must be wrong with you that you're not smart enough even though they're not using a greater scale of intelligence using AVK audiovisual kinesthetic to understand that not every student learns in audio form not every student learns through visual and not every student learns through um, experimentation and that each person is different and therefore finding that which works for each person allows them to be able to excel at the highest aptitude that they can excel in in intelligence as well as emotional intelligence and physical awareness which is about allowing them to adapt and thrive on planet earth the school system doesn't have certain guidelines to teach you how to to thrive it doesn't teach you how to be independent it teaches you to be codependent and subservient and follow the rules or else which is very much like religion which is very much you know um the system that we're in and all of this is very much what i went through in my childhood with my parents and abuse shows up in, in uh, physically emotionally mentally and spiritually you can spiritually abuse someone by making them believe that god doesn't love them and if they do, if god is going to love you you have to do this and this and this you have to cut off your desires cut off all of these things and make yourself this evil person that you need that needs to be repent in order to be loved by god and this exists in a lot of religious um, ideas um in observations of god and belief systems and then a school system that tells you that if you don't uh, study and do the books that we put to you and the things that you need to study within the school system that you are not going to be able to survive at life you won't make money you won't have a nice car and then of course the other system which you have then the advertising system which is telling you that if you don't have the nice sports car and the big house and the hot wife or the hot husband then something must be wrong with you so you should buy this and this and this to make yourself feel better instead of giving you tools that are actually boosting your spiritual self boosting your emotional self like i do when i talk about lit verified things that i get into is because i know it's going to boost you to recognize your own power and not be codependent the idea of telling you that if you buy the gucci bag you're going to get the hot girl or if you have the ferrari you're going to get the hot girl that's fine you can have more of those things but it's not giving you the substantial quality of love and true connection and so again that's another form of abuse because parents will beat their children and say horrible things to their kids but then have the nerve to say that they love them when love is not 
through those actions or those behaviors. Love is unconditional love and acceptance. And I'm here to support your growth, whatever that may be and however it may show up. And whatever choice you make, I'm going to stand by your side. I'm not going to make you feel bad because you because everyone in the family became lawyers and you chose not to be a lawyer and you chose to be an artist. I'm not going to make you feel bad that you won't make money being an artist and put that thought in your head so that becomes your actual choice of selection because the words have been repetitively put into your mind which you then follow action on uh, naturally through natural selection because you have been selected it many times by the constant repetition of the voices of your parents constantly telling you how are you going to make um, a life out of being an artist. Artists don't make money. They're not going to be able to do this. They struggle, this and that and the other. And because you want to rebel against them, you actually and end up taking on the very belief that they had to be a rebel against them by making yourself poor and broke and not have what you need uh, to survive and thrive on planet Earth. And then and the list goes on. So this abuse, right? So when when Dr. Jeff is talking about, you know, trauma is what is causing addiction. It's so true. And why aren't we acknowledging that? Why aren't we acknowledging that people who act out of character, people who abuse themselves through substances, people who have these addictions are only operating through these addictions because the trauma that they have gone through that is unhealed, unresolved, and have not brought been brought into a place of acceptance, which is true forgiveness, right? And so... You know, this is something that really needs to be looked at. And I loved how he talked about when he met Jerry at Passages, um, he worked a lot with him, but Jerry was still having a lot of issues. And he met someone who invited Jerry to go down to Costa Rica and do plant medicine, and he came back a completely different person. Now, we're not I'm not advocating and saying that everyone should go do plant medicine in order to have this, like, amazing awakening. You know, but I have gone to Rhythmia uh, and I brought the whole team to Rhythmia. And I can tell you what I liked about it because everyone knows my position on ayahuasca and plant medicine and so forth because I am a spirit shaman. And I'm not here to say that this is wrong and bad. What I've said, and I even say it in, in, in my book, which is um, it's how people are using it as an escape, as a, another trend to their need to escape and not and socially um, and spiritually bypass the lessons that they need to learn to come back into true relationship and with themselves, with nature, with people, and with love. And so people will use the plant medicine and say, oh, I I did plant medicine I see the truth about you and you're an evil person well if you did plant medicine and you saw evil in someone and that's what you chose to focus on I can guarantee the plant medicine did absolutely nothing for you because the plant medicine is there to teach you about the things that you are doing in the world and how things are showing up. And they're there to help you look at your reflections that you're projecting into other people, not that you are seeing into other people. If you're, if plant medicine was there to teach you what you're seeing into other people, it would teach you the love, to love and pull the light out of other people, to embrace them, to lift them, to shift them, to see the beauty in them despite what darkness or what energy that they are exuding in their personality behavior and in whatever destructive ways they're doing so. So I'm not advocating and saying, everyone go run now and do plant medicine. But what I am saying that if that is the journey that you feel that is authentically and organically necessary for you to break through, to get the messages of self and to be guided by spirit and the plant, then 
I highly recommend Rhythmia, of course, because I went there and I experienced it、um, by observing and watching. I didn't take the medicine, but my team was there. They went through the ceremonies and I watched them change. I watched the things be released. I saw people, you know, going through their situation. But what I loved the most about it was that the facility. Now, Everyone knows how I feel about the misuse and the abuse that is being done on earth when it comes to plant medicine and how people are, you know, shuffling people into apartment buildings and、um, houses and with a buzzing refrigerator and technology all around them while、um, inducing themselves into the sacred art of, of transformation and regeneration through the spiritual body to the mental body for、um, true awakening. I have been very much a spokesperson about the misuse of these things and people who will call themselves shamans after taking a weekend course of how to give someone the medicine in Peru and then come back and all of a sudden begin、uh, submitting a medicine to people without having a background and knowledge of you know, the body. Um, you know, physiology, kinesiology, pathology, understanding contraindications of the body, what kind of things can happen to the body、um, that can lead someone to be, you know,、um, needing to go get medical care, what types of people should not be taking medicine if they already have situations that have been affecting them medically.、Um, you know, there's all these levels. And as well, not just that, but also the energies of, you know, what happens when a woman is menstruating and if she's going to take medicine, what, that, what that creates、um, spiritually. And emotionally and magnetically. So there's all these different levels. And so for me, you know, Rhythmia was something that was like an eye opener for me.、Um, and so I'm really glad that Dr. Jeff, you know, talked about how he acknowledged um, Jerry's um, experiences when he saw him at Passages and then, you know, and then went with him on this journey. And that was really remarkable. And I love that word remarkable because it is remarkable to me to see someone step outside of what they know to some unknown place that they don't know and take a risk of, of discovering something new and going on a new adventure. To me, that's absolutely remarkable. But to literally be able to,、um, to experience these things and then create a space for people to experience it with giving them all of the, that they need in order to feel well、um, taken care of and held. You know, there's nothing greater in life than feeling someone being holding space to hold you and just to keep you in that space of being held. And that's what Rhythmia was when I went there. It was like, you know, you have an, a doctor, you have a person doing colonic, you have massages, you have spa treatments and mud things done for you. You get to, you know, ride a bike and go through nature. You have、um, classes that Michael Bethwick put on to help you to enrich yourself and to help you to、um, uh, integrate and、uh, reassess. Associate yourself back into the world in your life after you've done the medicine and while you're in the process of going through it. They bring in amazing speakers such as myself and other people who've been able to go there and share love and blessings to the people and be able to lift and shift them. And not only that, but the grounds and the food they, they, they give you, the juices, the, the coconut juice,、uh, the swimming in the water, the, 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 the community, the nurturing while you're going through that, to me, is a well rounded place. 
for true transformation. And, um, and I'm definitely going to return and go and, and, and do some more teaching there for people shamanically. And also, I love the fact that the shamans are there. They come. I also like the idea that they grow their own medicine on their land. And then they also bring in different medicines and different uh, shamans, uh, such as women elders and uh, male elders and young shamans. And they, so it's, it's, it's really beautiful to see um, the energy and how it, and how it fluctuates um, change in you if you're willing to allow it to now I'm not saying you're going to go there and have like you know as as, as you know as Jerry uh, talks about having a miracle you know um, I'm not saying you're going to get there and you're going to have a miracle what I'm saying is that their high percentage of you having a miracle is definitely possible but you have to be willing to let go and let yourself go into that experience without putting any kind of expectations or demands and and really just kind of walk in and be like I'm vulnerable take me and when you come out of it you come out a beautiful butterfly instead of just being that caterpillar who is just like needing to eat to get more nourishment and information so i really love that and i also love that they have an amazing scholarship program for people who can't afford that they can go so there's a lot of beautiful things about that and i love that he went on that journey and i love that the plant medicine um is great but it needs to be done in the right way and i'm glad that he talked about that because you know how, I mean, how much I am strong about that. You know, those pop-up plant medicine ceremonies in the West do not take in account all the medical situations going on with a person. And this is something real, people. And like, if you have friends who are going off and doing plant medicine, you have to ask them, like, does this person understand? Like, if you went into, like, you know, you've been having high blood pressure or you've been having heart murmurs or you've been having this thing and have, does that take any account in you jumping into something without really doing your due diligence to see, you know, is this okay for you to do at this point? Or, you know, how many cups should you have? And, you know, there's all these things to be mindful of. And I think him talking about that was such um, a godsend, you know, because I really need people to hear that. And I'm really glad you got a chance to hear that as well, you know, and really going into that because, you know, whether the health conditions or medications, which are, you know, you may or may not know can have a contraindication, you know, and we need to have health checks for people who are about to go into plant medicine because they're in Western world. See, in tribal culture, the shaman knows what's going on with everyone in that tribe and because they've been eating the same food and experiencing the same things in the same environment you know when they do medicine it's a, it's more safer because they already know all of their situations and so forth and everyone in the tribe but when you take someone who's coming out of texas who is going through a high a high um, experience life you know traveling this that being exposed to all the western cultures that you can you can be exposed to and then throw them into to an experience where you're telling them to bring them into a tribal experience and bring them medicines into their body that their body's not used to, right? Uh, these things can cause adverse reactions that could lead to death. And I've seen a lot of shamans who have had deep conversations with me about the people that they've seen, you know, and heard about um, from other people who have like taken like, you know, five months in Peru, six months here, learning from this tribe and then administering medicine and people are dying. And so we have to really be mindful of that at this day and age. I really think so. You know, 
And I think that what I love about Rhythmia is that they have a melting pot of people that come to Rhythmia. It's all types. I mean, when I was there, there were like lawyers and doctors and, you know, um, celebrities and, uh, you know, artists and skateboarders and all kinds of people from all walks of life. You know, mothers who are like, you know, uh, you know, from Midwest coming in with their group of girlfriends and having these these deep transformational experiences i was absolutely you know i'm flabbergasted by the the amount of diversity when it came from you know from people from all over you know and what i also love what dr jeff talked about regarding what's going on with the virus and the world is on cruise control and the powers that be have been everybody have you know basically the powers that be have to be this way right now because everyone has been so numbed out of what's really happening in their world and this needs to change and this happens to us you know having to go in and and on an individual and on an individual level that radiates to the people around you know that as we start to make these changes this has been a global awakening this whole virus and people are getting sick as a way of the world has become sick so a lot of people are taking on the sickness in their body from what the world has already been suffering right and they've elected this on a spiritual level we have to realize and you know and understand that Gaia's been sick, everyone, you know, and even though you see the trees and, and you see the, you know, nature and it's flourishing, there's a sickness that's been happening on our planet. And of course, we're going to get sick if we create, if we create illness on the very planet we live, of course, it's going to affect us eventually. And that's what's happening right now. So if we are connected with ourselves, as Dr. Jeff says, and grounded in who we are, we can have empathy for others and we can have empathy, empathy for each other to really be able to move through this time with love and grace, you know, and I think when we get into that perspective, I think that's an opportunity for us to truly open ourselves up in ways we've never been open to really take this time to, to think about how you've been living your life and, you know, what type of relationships do you really have and, and, and are, what are they based on? And, is the foundation of everything you're doing based in love, unconditional love? Or are you still pointing the fingers and gossiping and listening to things that are just polluting you and polluting the earth? And this is something we really have to take into account right now. And I'm so happy that Dr. Jeff got to share with you about Rhythmia and his journey because I assure you, I definitely went to Rhythmia and I had an amazing time. And I'll definitely return. And I really do look forward to seeing you there. I love you all so much. And I'm so happy that Dr. Jeff was with us on Ancient Wisdom today. Love you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today, Tribe. I love you all so, 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 so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more and remember to stay lit. I love you. Thank you.